episode 214, Inhumans, season 1, episodes 1 and 2. Behold, the Inhumans and those who would destroy us. Welcome to level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Defenders, and now... Inhumans. Inhumans. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm Ben, Ben Avery. I'm a fan of Marvel Comics. I, I, I'm a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm not here alone. You already heard the other voice. And that other voice belonged to Stuart. Agent Stu, me. That's me right here. And we are ready to talk about some Inhumans. <laughs> and uh, interesting to talk about Inhumans right now. It's kind of weird to talk about Inhumans right now. If you're just joining us, if you ever joined us before, um, you are possibly joining us because of the TV Time app that unlocks That's things. Right. And that means you've watched uh, two episodes of Inhumans and it suggested maybe you want to listen to this podcast about it. Uh, but you might have also gotten recommended a another podcast episode from our our feed, which was about the IMAX experience of Inhumans. <laughs> and uh, I, it's Stuart, have you listened to that episode yet? I have listened to that episode. Because I know you were waiting until after Inhumans to actually listen to yes. it. Yeah. Well, I, I listened to the first half, um, that, oh, okay. the, the, the non-spoilery part of it. And then um, I listened to the second half after yeah. the air, after the air date. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> what is it? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, three weeks ago, I went and saw the two episodes that were on ABC this past weekend. Uh, we're recording this uh, the Sunday after it aired on Friday. Um, I I spent money to watch <laughs> this and spent money to watch it on a screen that's bigger than my house. Um, I, I, some I've heard somebody talk about a toll road at some point. I'm yeah, just going to yeah. put that out there. <laughs> so uh, if you do want to listen to that episode, it, that's a little bit different than our normal style of things because that episode was a road trip, which means um, Evan, uh, one of the co-hosts for Welcome to Little Seven, and I were actually driving to the theater and taking the toll road, as mentioned before. Um, and we recorded our conversation before getting to the theater. And then uh, after we watched the movie, <laughs> I guess you could call it a movie because it was on a movie screen. Uh, after we watched it, we recorded our conversation afterward and had a, a talk. It was first spoiler free. And then we got into spoilers. And yeah, just kind of a almost a preview for people to say this is what you, you can expect from Inhumans when it's actually on TV. And you don't have to pay for it. Um that episode is at welcomelevel7.com slash IMAX if you're if you're curious about watch uh, listening to that episode. Um, so we're not going to talk too much about that experience other than I will mention some scenes in our conversation today, Stuart, um, about 
that, that, that were not in in the IMAX uh, experience. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. I like how you keep calling it an experience. Well, I, <laughs> what else, I, I don't know what else to call it because it's not really a movie. It's not a TV show. It was going into a place that was had an IMAX screen and watching TV. Well, see, okay. So the last thing that I can remember, and this is really just on the forefront of my mind, was something called the Star Trek experience. But this was the Star Trek experience was where you got to be in the episode – I've seen video tapes of this. Yes, I was in it. Oh, nice! I was in it. So if you if you find me on Facebook, you'll find it there. Um, and and that's what I think of when I think of start. You know, something something experience. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, not what this was, was it? No, you didn't, you, you didn't have no. red hair and you didn't get to be Medusa, did you, Ben? No. Please, t- please tell me you didn't. No, no. Okay, I didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were oddly mute about the whole thing, which is kind of weird. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just don't want to blow anything up with my voice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that happened and we did that. And if you listen to that episode, we're hopefully going to be talking about some new stuff in this episode, especially since we can go full on uh, spoiler and we can also talk about specifics of the plot um, because we've had mm-hmm. time to, to write down things and and notes and and all that kind of thing so that's that now just again if you're just joining us um this podcast has been going on for a while this is episode 214 i think and i'm not gonna go back and edit that in case i'm wrong but if i am wrong it's (laughs) it's around in there and um our our formats change depending on the the shows that we're watching and so netflix has its own format that's even that has changed over time uh, mm-hmm. The the shield, uh, the Agents of Shield format really hasn't changed much since we started in the beginning. Um, but for this episode, the format's going to be pretty straightforward. We're going to talk about the episode. We don't have any news to talk about, which we might add some news in future episodes. But we don't really have any news to talk about. Uh, we don't have any feedback from from listeners about this episode, so we're not going to share that right now. Um, we do have feedback from Daniel and Samantha. And we'll be playing that at the end of our conversation. And then after the show is over, after the credits, we usually do a post-credit something. and Just like Marvel does. Exactly, exactly. Now, those post-credit things are things that are relevant to people's interests, I hope. Um, they're relevant if to I, our interests, for sure. Yes. And so for this one, I, I just want to tell you that the, the post-credit sequence is going to be Stuart and I talking about Star Trek Discovery, which... Uh, has had three episodes come out, but we're only going to talk about the first episode because that's the only one I've seen. And we're also going to talk about the delivery system that mm-hmm. you need to go through to get Star Trek Discovery because I, I have thoughts about that. And mm-hmm. yeah, so. And there are many. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting because Marvel is jumping in on a ton of different delivery systems right now, including Netflix, Hulu, ABC, uh, Freeform, which used to be ABC Family, but that's a cable channel. Uh, movie theaters and IMAX experiences. <laughs> so Marvel's just been all over the place on this. And yeah. 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 All right. So, okay. Do you want to, before we get started, do you want to clarify our spoiler policy for the new listeners from the TV time app? Sure. Sure. We are not going to spoil anything beyond this point in Marvel. 
Um, so we may mention things from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to try not to me- mention too much, but there's really no way around talking about some Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff as it has to do with the Inhumans. Okay. Also, we will not be talking about you know Thor Ragnarok because we haven't seen it. And we, mm-hmm. we, we don't talk about rumors very much, especially spoiler rumors. Um, we, we just don't because we don't want to ruin anything. Sometimes we'll make predictions, but those predictions don't come from rumors. They come from what if thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and so if we do spoil something accidentally, that might happen. But just know that we're not saying anything out of knowledge in that, in that situation. Um, but anything that's on Netflix right now, so that would be Defenders, up to and including Defenders, we could talk about. We could mention. We're not going to focus a lot of time on, Mm-mm. but we could mention. And I, I can guarantee you right now, I'm not going to talk specifics about Iron Fist, but I'm going to mention Iron Fist as we talk about this. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to hear what you have to say about but Iron Fist. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to oversell. Okay. Um, but I have some thoughts. I, I have some thoughts about Iron Fist, Deep Space Nine, and Inhumans, and how they all kind of go together. But well, it, you have piqued my interest, sir. Again, don't want to oversell. <laughs> it's just a thought that was rattling around in my brain as I was watching the second time. So okay, yeah. So we're actually talking about two episodes of Inhumans. The first and second one they aired on the same night, and when that happens. We're not going to put out two episodes in one week for that. We're, we're just going to talk about them both in the same episode. Um, they also were both stitched together as a as a movie in IMAX. So that's they 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 are not a movie. <laughs> if I could say one thing about the IMAX thing, if you haven't listened to it, it's not a movie. It really it felt like I was watching two episodes. I had a hard time because I didn't know where time had fallen. I wasn't watching my watch to see. So I couldn't tell where the episode break was. That was interesting. And then there were some scenes that were not in the IMAX version. They they just weren't. They edited out scenes and then edited out dialogue referring to those scenes. It Which, was weird. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. In fact, it should have been the opposite. If I'm thinking about an experience, right? You should like – you should want to go to IMAX to see a thing you can't see. So it, do we? Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm just going to throw this out there. So much sighing. <laughs> <laughs> IMAX in humans. If you missed it, you didn't miss out. Okay. In fact, it seems like if that's the only thing you saw, you actually missed out. You actually did miss out. Yes, that's true. It's true. If you decided, oh, I saw IMAX, I don't need to see uh, the TV. There's a whole subplot, a whole subplot completely missing. Unbelievable. But Uh, I'm glad I didn't drive the. Four and a half hours to the nearest IMAX theater to oh, see man. it. If you, if you had done that, the only thing that would have made that worthwhile is if we had like both driven six hours to Which like meet halfway. About. Yeah, we did talk about <laughs> it. We talked halfway serious about doing that. And yeah, Stuart, no I'm offense. I mean, I, I want to meet you. Yes, but I want to meet you face to face someday. <laughs> yes, but I don't think the IMAX situation was the right. No, time. <laughs> no. Oh, Looking back boy. On it now. Okay, so enough about IMAX. You can hear our thoughts about that um, 
from the IMAX episode. Welcome to level7.com slash IMAX. I do have one other thing I want to mention. Uh, this time uh, Inhumans was on at 8 o'clock and it got done at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Um, and so for other time zones, it was 7 to 9, and but also 8 to 10. Um, next week, it will be on uh, at 9 o'clock on Friday night on ABC, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern. And at 8 o'clock Eastern, you will be getting Once Upon a Time, which is a podcast uh, covers that show that is closely related to us. And that is the Once Podcast hosted by Daniel J. Lewis and a bunch of other friends of his. And that podcast is a part of our um, Noodle Mix network, which is noodle.mx. And so I want to just mention that right now. If you watch Once Upon a Time, then definitely you should be listening to that podcast. Uh, they they cover in detail all the fairy tale stuff, and they bring in different people who are able to you know address different things based on their experience, um, mythology, fairy tales, different things like that. Highly recommended. And Daniel J. Lewis is a great podcaster, and he's helped our podcast a lot, a lot. Actually, just recently he helped me with some stuff as we're setting up a special thing that we'll be announcing soon, but he helped me with some of that too. So, in fact, I might have heard the promo for this show way back, way back when, when I was watching once and listening to that show. Yeah, it's, it's quite possible. So, but yeah, it's a good show and you should listen to it. Yeah. So all that is now out of the way. We need to talk about this in humans. We need to talk about Behold the Inhumans. And then we are going to talk about uh I can't remember <laughs> those who would destroy us. Episodes right. one and two of Inhumans. Okay. Stuart, I, I think we're just gonna jump into the plot here. Do it. We're just gonna jump into the plot. We'll start talking through the plot. And then as we are talking through the plot, we'll stop and we'll talk about things. Because I know you have opinions, Stuart. <laughs> I know you have opinions. You've heard some of my opinions. You've heard some. But mm -hmm. yeah. So let's start okay. with uh <laughs> actually the one bonus I got from Inhumans in IMAX that I didn't get on TV was they did a really cool opening sequence for the credits. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was a much it was it it was much, it elaborated on some of the stuff they were already doing with the the pictures of the um, the symbols of the different characters. Uh huh. Uh, it was just more of that, more s movement with that, and mm. and then I loved when uh, when Lockjaw shows up at the end, he just mm -hmm. sticks his head up in the corner, which is totally Hanna Barbera. You know, mm -hmm. like it's totally Saturday morning cartoon, and really almost sets a wrong tone, but. <laughs> I thought it was cute. I thought it was cute. So anyway, Behold the okay. Inhumans starts with the moon. And it's big. The moon is big. And then it turns the camera to look down from the moon at the Earth. Which is also big. And, <laughs> and then we zoom in to Hawaii. The uh, the island of Oahu. 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 And a girl's running from her for her life from armed men, and and you know she's running for her life because she's a freak. She thinks she's a freak because she was exposed to Terrigen, but she's helped by Triton, 
who tells her that there's a place where she's not the only one. She's not a freak. This is a good thing. This is who she really is. But then the armed men switch targets and run past the girl who's down and kill Triton, this inhuman who is a water inhuman. He, he, he has water powers. He can swim and breathe underwater. And they shoot him. He falls into water. There's a big splash with blood soaked into it and mission is accomplished. So that's interesting. And on first viewing, I thought, oh, they switched targets. That's interesting. But guess what? They didn't switch targets. I think that that, that girl was, uh, she was bait. Mm. I, th- I think she was bait. Or at least they knew that Triton would go to help her. And so she may not mm-hmm. have been set out for bait, but... um they they sent them down when they knew that this was happening with Triton. We'll talk more about that, but yeah. So let's start with that. There's some problems here. Some <laughs> really, really, I I love the cinematography of the scene. I thought that was done oh. really, really well. So style, yeah. lots of points for style here. Yes. Um, that's where the IMAX, you know, because the whole the whole background of this production is that it's a co-production or at least IMAX threw some money at at Marvel and said, hey, let's do a thing. Yeah. And so you can tell that that's happening with, you know, the the big the large format IMAX um, uh, projection and the large format IMAX acquisition, which is, you know, really big film. These, these two episodes were shot in IMAX. Yes. And. The only thing I can figure, the reason they took these the, 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 the subplot out that I talked about that we'll get to, the only thing I can figure is they didn't shoot that in IMAX. That's the only thing I can imagine why they would take that out. But Sure. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, dialogue? Clunky. <laughs> yeah. They, they could have... Uh, you know, when I was going to film school, It was pounded into our heads. You want to throw your money at a writer who will write a good story rather than a cinematographer. And I realize this is not like the, the, the most con it's probably pretty controversial to say that, but you want to have a good story before you have a good visual. (laughs) And I'm a little worried that that's not the case (laughs) in this show. (laughs) In, in comics, the way it works is this, the art brings people in the writing keeps them in you know Mm, i mean that's true if you have a great looking book that it will get people to pick that up off the stands a great looking book but if it's really really poor writing it's not going to keep people reading from month to month Mm -hmm. because they they want a good story now there are some exceptions where the art is so amazing or so good or so unique that that it doesn't matter but generally speaking, the writing keeps people coming back because it engages them. Well, that's the only reason I finished Watchmen was because the writing in that I liked it. I liked it on a level that was more than just pretty pictures. There were the they had stitched together the pretty pictures to make a very fantastic story. Well, and that's a dense, dense story as well. Right. And right. because it's so dense, if it was not good, it would very quickly turn you off. And, and yes. Yeah. So this, this whole scene is meant to set up the situation mm-hmm. and the situation is this, and, and they talk about it later as well. There, there's lots of exposition in this episode. The situation is Terrigen mists or Terrigen com- compound has been released into the water supply of the, the earth. 
and <laughs> and some fish swam through it and then it was put into fish oil pills. And so there are people who were taking fish oil pills who would turn into inhumans. This is a person who either drank some water or was contaminated in another way and became an inhuman outside of the official way of becoming an inhuman, which we're going to talk which about we'll as well, the, the terogenesis yeah. ceremony. Um, so these are people who they had this latent gene that they didn't know about and it gave them superpowers. And so now Triton is there to help her. And so he gives her a little bit of explanation is it, honestly, it feels like Wolverine showing up to help a mutant, you know, who yeah. just had their powers yeah. activated and, and Wolverine says, come, I'll, I'll take you to professor X. But instead of professor X, it's a King who can't talk because he'll explode you with his words <laughs> or his breath. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's what uh, the the breath that comes out through his vocal cords, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to scientifically maybe drill down into it. But yeah, so talking about that, let's move up to the moon. First of all, there is a uh, a rover kind of robotic, Sojourn, ro yeah, robotic, ro robotic probe, and it runs into an invisible wall and then it gets knocked down by a giant hoof. That's problems for the people who are running the thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's also problems for the people inside the invisible wall, because inside the invisible wall is the, uh, the city of Attilan. And this city is run by black bolt and Medusa. Black bolt has the power of a really powerful voice that if he speaks, it levels buildings. Medusa, his wife has the power of controlling every fo uh, follicle of her hair. And it's very, very long hair. Um, and we can talk about that hair. Do you want to talk about the hair right now? You want sure. To get out of your system. I liked the hair. When it was CGI, it was great. Yes. It worked well. When, when it, you could tell she had a wig on and that sucked. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, the CGI hair worked really well. She was gorgeous. Um, but when she wasn't wearing CGI hair, there was a little bit of a wig. Yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of wig. I mean, it's it's a long wig. I, yeah, I'm trying to downplay just a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, no. It, it, I, Samantha's I not a fan of the hair. No, no, wait. She likes the hair. She doesn't like the outfit. That's right. That's Wolverine. right. That's right. Yeah, which I didn't mind. I mean, they they played up the purple. You know, for both mm -hmm. Black Bolt and Medusa, I felt like they were doing some pretty good comic booky stuff. I, actually, for uh, Crystal too. Crystal mm -hmm. is Medusa's sister, who reminds me a little bit of. Ariel from Little Mermaid um, and the way she's not showing up for the ceremony that she's supposed to show up for. Um, <laughs> and she has a pet dog. That's uh, we, we've talked about him. Uh, Lockjaw. Lockjaw, who has the power to teleport people wherever Crystal tells him to do that. Um, What's Crystal's power? Kind of a weathery uh, elemental kind of thing. Cause she's, okay, so she's Storm. Got it. Well, <laughs> in some ways, she's more... Uh, Iceman and and Johnny Torch kind of together because she was doing some flame stuff too, and mm, flame okay. stuff, ice stuff, wind stuff. Um, but it's kind of elemental stuff. So, okay. um, Crystal is Medusa's sister, and so she's a princess right now of of the place. Maximus is Black Bolt's brother, and he has the power of 
being human and conniving. He has no powers. He went through the ceremony and did not get any powers when he went through it. And, and here's that's a problem. My, here's what I'm worried about for that. Um, that poor guy, the the guy who got cast, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because it's it not something I can pronounce, I don't think. Um, he played Ramsey Bolton on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> That poor kid is going to be typecast as the conniving bad guy who's kind of psychotic probably for the rest of his life. Well, I mean, he'll he'll grow up. He'll get older. He'll get some um, some. That's right. He'll old get conniving some sort of, guy. <laughs> right. And then he'll win an Oscar for it. And yeah. Hey, you okay. never know. I mean, he, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about him. But mm-hmm. um, also in the kind of this ruling uh, they're not exactly a family, but they're kind of are. They're cousins. They talk about mm-hmm. being cousins. There's Karnak, who has the gift of seeing possible futures, which is really bad, apparently, for relationships for him. Um, because he is able to take one look at a woman and say, this is what's going to happen. And here's how we're going to get along. And it's not going to end well. And then there's Gorgon, who is a fighter. He's the head of the Royal Guard. And he has hoofs for feet and he kind of he likes to crack wise he does he does but he also does not abide fools or tomfoolery because um would you say he pities the fool i would not because that is a trademarked phrase my friend i don't want to i I don't want to get sued so or have mr t come after us this is this is an important thing i apologize yeah so they meet together. They talk about their philosophies and talk about how the Terrigen Mist is down below and it's causing trouble. And why would we bring people back up here? Because you know what? Um, we're already overpopulated as it is in our little under the dome in the moon thing. Um, <laughs> under the dome was another show. It's true. It's true. That was not great. <laughs> mm. Not great. Not bad at times, but not great. Um Maximus, he's worried that the humans are going to find them. And and basically he has two plans. Um, I'm not sure which one he's most excited about right now, but he <laughs> says we need to be ready to fight the humans because they're going to find us and they will destroy us or they'll try to. Or we should go now to the to Earth and take our rightful place in our rightful home. Medusa doesn't like this idea because it'll lead to war. Black Bolt doesn't say anything. Um he does speak in, in uh, a sign language that I heard he made up that it is not American sign language. He made up that whole sign language that he uses. Oh, really? Yeah. He studied American sign language and he studied, I think, some other sign languages in the world. And then took elements of that, not like actual signs, but like the way it works and kind of created his own language. It would make sense because – For the character, right? Because he doesn't necessarily need to learn the entire alphabet. He just needs to be able to communicate with Medusa. You're right. Or people who have taken the time to learn to learn his his language. His inner circle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he he does not speak much, but when he does make motions, um, they do listen. And, you know, you, you get the impression that people trust him, even his mm-hmm. brother. You get that impression. So the other thing about Maximus is 
because the guy has no powers, he actually should be in the mines, working in the mines, but his brother is the king, and so he doesn't have to work in the mines. Huh. So this is an interesting thing that is not part of the comics, so far as I know. Oh, okay. But this caste system of the royal family who are above everyone, and then you have like regular humans and people with useless powers are below digging in the mines. I didn't get the sense that it was regular human or I didn't get the sense there was useless powers down there, but definitely regular humans. Well, um, the one father was down there with the like claw arm. Oh yeah. I mean, he was down there for some reason. Uh, so I, I, from these two episodes, they don't give, exact details about who goes where but maximus except, should be down there except there is a cast system the people who are on the lower t- echelon of the cast really are not happy no <laughs> and the people no who, you know typical and the people who are on the upper, upper echelon of the cast are pretty okay with it so yeah and that's weird to me these are our heroes yeah yeah, I, 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 because I've been thinking about this now, and these are our heroes. Our heroes are people who are super privileged and who are more than happy with this system that they have. And it's not an equitable system. I mean, it is a royalty system. It is absolutely a monarchy. You get the you get the impression that they were going after that Game of Thrones. Stare uh, archetype, I guess, is a better way to put it. That that style of storytelling with the, you know, with the old, uh, with the you know, king and queen and disgruntled disgruntled cousin and disgruntled brother and you know, cracking wise guys and yeah. all of that sort of stuff. Um, to be fair, I, I don't know that it works, but that's <laughs> what they were going after. But to be fair, the comics had that. I mean, they were they were a ruling family. They were a royal family. I just don't remember this kind of cast kind of thing going on. So anyway, Maximus is using that to get the people behind him because he's one of them, even though he's not one of them at all. But no. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, and, and Gorgon, he is so dismissive of Maximus. He's like, you know, how do you know that the humans are going to try and fight us? You're you're human. And at another point, Crystal is dismissive. You're you're only human. You're just a human. Right. And it's very interesting that, I mean, these are our heroes. These are our heroes. Yeah. I mean, I get the sense that the show is going to be more about political intrigue or Mm -hmm. familial intrigue rather than um, grand scale, you know, world changing plot things like shield, but it's going to be more insular. What I'm curious about is if this plot that we're looking at with black bolt going to down to earth, uh, later in the plot, are we looking at a King Arthur kind of situation where he ends up seeing how things are for people who are not royalty and, and learning from that? Um, I'm just curious. I'm curious if this is intended to show us a society that's just very different and we can't judge the society by our society's um, cultural norms 
because that's what we do. I mean, we judge our, we judge other cultures by our culture and we mm-hmm. judge other time periods by our current time period and current culture. And, you know, and we're going to talk about this maybe, well, maybe not. We talked about with the Orville though, where there's just that very next generation thing of, you know, every culture that they come across, they judge by this perfect Federation culture. And this, it is good because it is us now and we are so much better than we were before. And, you know, so all that to say, you know, we are looking at what is definitely a different culture than us in, in an American, mm-hmm. you know, modern America. So, but, but because it's, you know, literature and fantasy at that. And, and w- once you kind of have, once you're able to separate it, you can talk about some of those things. I mean, there is the sort of divide, uh, perceived divide in the country about, you know, the haves and the have nots. Mm-hmm. And you could, you could say some things about that if you so chose in this format. You could, except most of the time, most of the time, the haves are considered the bad guys. Right. Because the haves are keeping down the haves nots. Have, <laughs> haves nots. They're keeping down the have nots. And, you know, it's that 1%, 99%. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's so it's very, very interesting that you could really spin their culture that the royal family are awful people. Yeah. Because they are just not aware. It's, it's the whole let them eat cake mm-hmm. thing, you know. So speaking of their culture, let's talk about the Terragenesis ceremony. Okay. They do the Terragenesis ceremony, and Karnak mentions that this gives our people the evolutionary push we need to move forward. Max Smith says, eh, it's just the luck of the draw, and it's obsolete. And Gorgon has snarky remarks to both of them. Crystal's running late. She gets there. She helps. And it is not at all what we've seen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No. Not at all. The parents are there. They're wishing for the best for their kids, hoping it's better for them than it was, you know, like any parent. I hope my child has better advantages than I did and that Mm -hmm. I'm able to help them to have something better than what I had myself. And they put them into a closet and fill it with smoke. And then they step out with powers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, how did the, how did the ceremony go at sky's mom's place? Do we remember a long time ago? Well, the way it worked is they had like the, they exposed them mm-hmm. and if they were human, they died. And if they were not, they um, were encased in the cocoon. Right. Is, yeah. Did, didn't they have, I mean, the, I know they had the cocoon at the paradise place, right? I can't remember if they had a cocoon at the paradise place. I'm pretty sure they did, but I might be wrong. About okay. That. That'd be interesting to find out because anything else, basically you have this kind of out of control in the wild thing where you, you get encased in a cocoon. And for some people, it was like forever. Uh, right. Like the one guy uh, who was the. Um, on the most recent season. Yeah. On the, Snooky's brother. Yeah. The, the uh, congresswoman's brother. And in others, it's, it's more immediate. Um but it happens and then you explode out of it and you have your powers and, and it's just this traumatic experience. 
Here, it's not a traumatic experience, and there's no explosions of cocoons. And I get the impression that they've refined this process. Was, if you're human, if you don't have the gene, it doesn't kill you. Maximus went through it. It didn't kill him. So did the other kid, and he thinks that he doesn't have any powers. No, uh, he thinks he does not. But then it shows that he kind of does later on. So I'm wondering if Maximus is no, because there's a bunch of other people down in the mines. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I was going down a thread that didn't work. Yeah, Maximus is not the only one who does not have powers. Um, and it's clear that they look down on people who do not who go through it and do not have powers. But yeah, yeah. So the 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 sister gets butterfly wings. <clears throat> and the brother, his name is Bro. All I can remember is Bro. <laughs> it's just weird. Uh, bro. Oh, I can't even find his name. Anyway, Bro Dude. Um, he gets <laughs> he gets no powers. and uh, Or so you think. But he touches Maximus and says something that's very vague about snakes pushing him against the wall. No, Maximus touches him. Oh, that's and he has yeah. a convulsion and has kind of a seizure and, and falls to the ground. I mean, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit, but Maximus ends up using that to his, I mean, like he abuses that later on. Right. Well, but he doesn't know what it is yet, except for this. Um, first of all, they send Gorgon to go and help Triton. Gorgon really is mad that they didn't send him in the first place to help this girl. But they send Gorgon to go and help Triton. And then uh, Black Bolt goes into his round circular room to think. That is so not uh, the sphere place in, in the X-Men movies. Not at all. Cere Cerebro. Cerebus? No, not yeah, Cerebro. Not a, Cerebro, you're Cerebro. right. Cerebro. Not, a, not Cerebro at all. So just make sure that's clear. No, it's it's his meditation mm -hmm. sphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering, you know, because he – he uses it when he was a kid too. And you see Medusa actually like approaching him in there and saying, I'm not scared of you. Why would she be scared of him? Well, we're going to find out. But after he goes into this, Maximus goes to Medusa and says, you need to choose me. Let me be your king. Let me be the one, you know, we used to hang out together and we used to get in trouble together. He, he, was, partners. he was like, Hey girl, how's it going? Only a little more threatening. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There, there's this menace behind what he's saying, but she's even more threatening and she uses her hair to throw him up against the wall. And he realizes the prophecy. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. And so that kind of pushes things in, into into action. Um, the scene, there's a scene that I didn't see before, which was Maximus meeting with the head of the genetic council and killing him. Um, that actually wasn't in, in the IMAX. That wasn't in the IMAX? No. I don't remember it anyway. I thought I thought the scenes you were going to talk about were the Felicity smoke 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 scenes. Yeah, they they are, and we'll talk about those. That in a are those are not okay. in IMAX. That whole are... the whole subplot with um, Lucille, I think her name is. Is that right? She'll forever be Felicity Smoke. So whatever. Okay, so <laughs> that whole subplot <laughs> with her was not in the IMAX and I, I I just don't get it. I just don't get it. They showed them losing the transmission and that was it. That was it. So um from here though, 
everything starts happening and we get some cool songs with break on through to the other side. I looked this up. It's by a guy named Josh Mobley. Never heard of him, but it's a great cover of the Doors song and paint it black, which is by Valerie Broussard. I don't know her either, but what a great cover of the, uh, the Rolling Stones song. Mm -hmm. And it's all happening. We get fights on two um, planes. You have Gorgon on earth fighting the, I don't know, mercenaries or whatever who were sent after Triton. And for me, the turn was when the guys on earth contact their, their contact person mm -hmm. and <gasps> it's, it's Maximus. <gasps> and it was a great reveal, man. That was a good reveal. It was a I great reveal, that. but Maximus are, in, in the episode as it aired on TV, Maximus already killed the genetic council guy or he hadn't, but, um, uh, our, our on had the, the assassin lady. She well, did that, and then you find out that those guys work for him. For me, the 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 interesting thing about that twist, about the mid episode twist or the mid two episode, whatever, yeah, is that it was because I thought the humans were hunting the Inhumans, yep, and that would fit with kind of our shieldness knowledge of of the way things work, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not the case. It's actually Maximus, which I guess is still accurate, but Maximus hunting the inhumans. It's Maximus is running it. Whatever, right. know, whoever they are on earth that are doing this, Maximus mm -hmm. is the guy in charge. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reveal was really cool because yes. they, they're like, we got a new target. What should we do? And then he says, kill him. Mm -hmm. And you just wait, what he's talking to them. And it was a great moment. And so, Crystal through this all is getting the Royals to earth using mm -hmm. Lockjaw, um, but not before Medusa gets confronted by the Royal guard and she fights them. And this is a complaint I have. It's not a big one because the hair looks great, but she does not move. She just stands in place and just lets the hair go around her and do its thing. There should have been some motion to it, but it leads to the best scene of the show, which is pulling out the hair razor, which when she, she sings, when she does her, um, lame is impersonation, right? Yeah. When they're cutting her hair, man, that's a pretty good scene. Yeah. In IMAX, it was horrifying. Because oh, really? Her face was just so big and so emotional. And it was, it was just, it was bad. It was, it, it was the right kind of horrifying when I, when I say that, I mean, it was just so emotional. It really drew me in. So they all escape. Well, that's though. Good. They all escape um, when they confront Black Bolt. He's about to say a word. Uh, we get a flashback to his parents' death, which is bloodless. But that's because he atomizes them completely. It's right. another horrifying little scene there. Um, but Medusa, when, Black Bolt. When he was about ready to speak, um, Maximus was scared. Yeah, because Maximus was sure he's not going to do it. And then. Nope, he might do it because he could totally just wipe them all out with one word. Right, right. And he didn't. He didn't get a chance to. And he ends up on Earth in the middle of the street in Honolulu. Yeah. And yeah, so all of the, the royal people are now on Earth separated from each other and isolated from Atalan, Attilan. 
Except for Crystal, who's locked in her oh, room. Except for Crystal, who's captured in, yeah, Lockjaw. So, and Lockjaw is stuck in the circle room, not Cerebro, and is <laughs> he's like they like put him to sleep or something like that, right? Yeah, they use they have a one someone who has a power to like neutralize powers, right? Yeah. Okay, and and so that person does that. So. One question we should discuss real quick here. You'd expect shield to get involved, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I mean, as soon as like they landed in, um, in, in Honolulu and like the car stops and especially when he like breathe, you know, gets arrested and the car flips over. But like, why is Daisy not there? (laughs) Because, and we aren't going to spoil. Um, we've, we've kind of talked about this before, um, but without talking about agents of shield, um, they're not around things yeah. happened. And if we're going in order chronologically, and this is, there's no reason to think that we are not going in order chronologically. This okay. is happening after the last season of agents of shield. I'm convinced that, that that's why we're, I, I'm actually convinced the reason they ended last season of agents of shield the way they did was to get them out of the way for inhumans. So that Inhumans could have their show and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are not around to deal with them. Makes me wonder what I'm interested to see how this show uh, ends. The season ends to lead into uh, season five of of S.H.I.E.L.D. I am very interested as well. Very very interested. uh, Okay, go ahead. No, that's it. I'm, I'm very, very interested to see the way this series ends. Or that mm-hmm. series, although they're talking about, I mean, they're talking about watch the entire series. They aren't talking right. about season. They're talking about series. And so this might be self-contained, one and done. But these characters could very easily, you know, move on to to the other show. Right. And they're probably going to be in Infinity War because, you know, I'm in Infinity War. You're in Infinity War too, right? They are not going to be in Infinity War. I hate to break this to you. But. It's just not going to happen. And if it does, then I will be the happiest man alive. But I've already <laughs> set myself to just expect it not to happen. Okay. So I'm not going to be sad when it doesn't happen. There you go. Yeah. All right. Episode two, those who would destroy us were on the island. They're all on the island and having flashbacks to what happened before, which I don't remember the flashbacks being in the IMAX um, presentation experience. Um <laughs> But they're all separated all over the island, and you just get the impression that maybe Lockjaw doesn't have the greatest sense of direction. Right. His <laughs> GPS is all screwed up. It is bad. So um, Black Bolt causes a, a big stir in the city. Uh, he steals a suit because he needs to blend in. He fights the police. Um, oh, oh! when he's uh, getting his suit, they, they're playing uh, Don't Bring Me Down by Electric Light, Light Orchestra, which, again... The music selections here, it's not quite Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not Guardians of the Galaxy, but it, it's making me a little bit happy. I'm liking That's it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad you're happy. So he's arrested. He doesn't speak, but um, he does communicate with Medusa. But we'll talk about that in a minute because I kind of have this broken up by character here. Uh, so this is all the Black Bolt stuff we're talking about right now. Black Bolt on Earth in Honolulu by himself can't talk uses his powers to fight the police. That's kind of the big climax of the, the episode. Um, I have to say, I, uh, 
Black Bolt does a great job. And I, I talked about this in the IMAX episode, but I love the amusement and bemusement mm-hmm. that he has on his face as he is made to kneel. He's, he's told to go on his knees before the police, mm-hmm. you know, because they're going to put him in cuffs and stuff. And this is kind of a theme here. And I'm wondering how this is going to work into things. I'm wondering, is the storytelling as sophisticated as the interpretation that I'm giving it? But both Black Bolt and Medusa are put on their knees in this episode. The king and the queen are forced to their knees. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a thing that's happening in this episode to kind of work through the idea of these are these people are royalty. They're used to having people kneel before them. You bow in supplication to a king. You are saying, I'm putting you above myself by lowering myself. And they're both brought to their knees. And, and that's something I hope continues in the, in, the, in the series or season or whatever it is. I hope that they are able to take this royal family or the 1% and humanize them enough to sort of tell some interesting stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, bring them on a relatable journey, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, anything more about black bolt? I mean, the acting I think is great. The stuff he's doing with the, like the handcuffs, the face he's giving, um, the way that he is letting them force him into these, mm-hmm. you know, into the jail cell. I was reminded of Luke Cage. Yeah. When he yeah. breaks the cuffs, I was like, <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do. I do like the amusement. I think the actor is very good without, I mean, he's, he's emoting and he is acting without saying any words. And that's very hard to do. So. All right. Let's talk Gorgon. Surfer dude Gorgon. Okay. Has Gorgon ever seen water? Like, does he not know how water works? Like he, I mean, he walks out into the water and just keeps walking. Like that doesn't work, dude. You know, you're not going to go anywhere. Is he expecting to like, just walk and find, I don't know. Uh, And then he hangs out with surfers to wait for the people who came after Triton and then finally figures out, oh, this is going on with Maximus. And so he communicates with Maximus and says, come and get me. I'm leaving my communicator on. You can track me and get me. Come I mean, on, he man. uses his Apple Watch to call. Yeah. Which is what happens. Yeah. <sighs> the whole the, the stuff with Gorgon where he's like having the interaction with Maximus. I like that. Mm-hmm. The interaction with the surfers. Uh, not as much. I mean, they just had, <laughs> and I, I think I talked about this in the IMAX episode, but they just had this conversation about, Hey, you know, if we let the humans know where we are, they're going to bring war to us. And what is, what's the first thing he says to these surfers? I come from the moon. Right. I, uh, yeah. I, I don't know why the, the writing in this is not, the most greatest MCU writing that's ever been existed. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I hope I'm not offending anybody. I, I've got my own, you know, I don't think it's up to par like a daredevil or like, you know, a- Avengers or Iron Man. I mean, it's just not, it's just not great. Okay. Iron fist. Uh, 
the showrunners on this are the same ones who did Iron Fist. Right. And it's interesting because most I I shouldn't say most. I've heard a lot of people talk about how Iron Fist is the worst MCU thing mm-hmm. there is. I don't necessarily agree. I liked Iron Fist and it might be the worst MCU thing, but I still liked it. And you can, you know, it's like, what's, what's your least favorite flavor of ice cream? You know, uh, I still, still ice cream. I still like it. You know, it's still mm-hmm. good ice cream. It's just not as great as cookie dough or cookies and cream or a good solid vanilla with fudge. You know, by the way, the answer to that is pistachio. Pistachio is the worst flavor of ice cream. Okay. That's, you know, it's true. That's a bad flavor. But okay. it's still ice cream. Thanks for ruining the metaphor. <laughs> it's still ice cream. Not to me. Not to me. That is okay. puke in a box, <laughs> man. I I had erased pistachio from my <laughs> mind. Yeah. Inventory in your mind. Okay. Well, yeah. I apologize for that. But but anyway, you get the idea. You know, like I think Iron Fist is not the greatest MCU thing that there is. It's definitely not the greatest, but I still liked it. I liked it enough mm-hmm. to watch it again. You know, it, I liked it, right? And so uh, now you're hearing people talk about how Inhumans is the worst, the worst thing that the MCU has put out. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I think part of it is people who went and saw it in IMAX are like, I paid 20 bucks for this. And a toll road. Okay. Uh, not everybody paid the toll road. All right. That was <laughs> my fault. And there were other stuff involved that we didn't have to take. The, it, other stuff was involved. Okay. So. I know. I think that's you part of it. <laughs> but Right. And my and my so when I read the, like the review about you know the Inhumans being the worst th- thing the MCU's ever done, I was like, wait a second, how can that even be true? You haven't even seen six eighths of it. <laughs> You've right. only seen two episodes and two partial episodes at that. Because right. I was going to say, and apparently stuff got cut out of. There's it. There's a whole so. character and subplot that is not a part of what we saw. Right. So anyway, that said. This reminds me, Stuart, of Deep Space Nine. And when I say Deep Space Nine, I don't mean necessarily exactly that show, but that 90s era, higher quality broadcast television. You know, it was uh, syndicated television, but it was on broadcast television. That's what this feels like to me. This feels like a 90s sci-fi fantasy show. Um, I think in the IMAX episode, I might have even referred to uh, Hercules and Xena, but okay, I'm yes, I'll give you Hercules and Xena, Hercules. Um, <laughs> but you get the idea, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you've got a limited budget, and they also had a very limited time frame. Uh, from the beginning to the end, they did not have a lot of time to really get this done, and and it, I think it shows. I, mm-hmm. I definitely think it shows. I think it could have used another run with an editor um, for the script. And I think they could have used, you know, another month or two on special f- visual effects and th- they could have used some extra time, mm-hmm. but they didn't have that extra time and they did what Mm-mm. they could with what they had. I'm I'm not making excuses for it. I am. I am not saying it's the greatest thing ever. The acting is good though. I like the acting from most of the characters. Go ahead, Stuart. 
I, I'm going to agree with you. I like, I love the acting. I All think right. it's, I think the acting is good. Medusa might not be the greatest. Um, I, I'm wondering, I'd love to be in the, I'd love to have been in the casting room to sort of see how, what else, whether options were there. I think she looks the part. I'm not sure she acts the part well, but I've been looking into her, you know, IMDB page and she's been on a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, then that to me falls to writing and directing. So, yeah, but for overall, I, I like the acting. I like where, you know, the, the, the portrayals of the characters. Well, let's talk about another character and let's talk about Karnak who he's the guy who he can project possible futures, right? Mm -hmm. Based on his actions or the actions of people around him. It's confusing. Because in that one fight scene, that double fight scene where you had Gorgon on, on one in one place and and Karnak on the moon and they're both fighting at the same time and it's break on through to the other side and I love the music. Right. But um as that fight scene progresses, it looks like he's able to like travel back in time. Um or do oh, there's that Nicolas Cage movie. I think it's called Next. Yes. It was based on a Philip K. Dick story right and he he's able to like speed through all the possible futures or whatever um but the i they they filmed that scene in such a way that it looked like he was adjusting time mm -hmm. like he was going through time realizing okay that didn't work and he goes back you know it, it it just doesn't quite work to show the power the way i think that they want it to look but he also can like he analyzes the situation he analyzes the mountain and figure out which way is east and all that kind of thing and uh, but ends up going in circles because he fell off the mountain now i'll ask you i asked evan this but i'll ask you do you think he fell off the mountain on purpose because that was like the best way to get down because he smiles before he goes down the mountain but it could have been but then you know he didn't see the head wound the massive head wound that he was going to get mm. yeah could have so, been so the question then becomes, did he lose his powers before or after he hit the ground? Like, did he lose his powers before he started even climbing down the mountain? Or was it because he hit his head on the way down and now he's going around in a circle and he's realizing, I, I don't, I don't have the power that I used to have. Well, the only thing I can say is that he's lost. Oh, deep cut. Yeah, he wasn't. He, I, we, <laughs> I, I'm unsure of exactly how, you know, what group of protagonists or antagonists or characters he was in Lost, but I know he was in Lost. And there's that one shot where he's walking through the field and you've got the, uh, it's very popular in Hawaii, wherever they shot. Oh, that's where the shot of Hurley and Jack were playing golf in Lost. And he was Miles. And I think he's the guy who could like see or talk to dead people. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, I think he's also in rogue one. He is. He is. So yeah. So that's Karnak Karnak. And I like the actor. Um, yes. I, and I like the visualization of his powers, except for that one scene, which made it a little confusing. I think for people who didn't know, ahead of time, what his powers actually were. I actually, I didn't know what his powers were. And I read that he was 
I, I read the scene as intended, um, where oh, he did? was anal- analyzing all of the different possibilities, and then like, oh, that didn't work. Let's redo it. You know, let's relook at it. Um, okay, well, that's good because I I knew his powers and I got a little confused by it. So <laughs> that's good that you 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 were able to see that. Then okay, good. The graphic overlays really helped with that, by the way, where he where like he has the. Uh, there were some CGI graphic overlays mm-hmm. for the people that showed like lines and connecting lines and spider webs and stuff like that. So, all right, Medusa, Medusa is on the Island as well. And she catches a ride on a bus and we get Chekhov's po- pocket knife. And she talks to crystal. She talks to black bolt. Um, she realizes that because Crystal used their Apple Watch, if you want to call it that, um, that actually that was Aron's Apple Watch that Crystal tricked her into dropping in the apartment. And so she leaves her watch on the bus and uses that to bring Aron in. So they both did. It's kind of interesting. Aron did this kind of strategy of, OK, I'm going to let my watch fall off when Crystal attacks me in my in her apartment. And then we're going to use that to track the communications with Medusa. And then Medusa leaves her watch on the bus, and that brings Aron in. And Medusa's waiting for her, and they fight. And she kills, quote-unquote, Aron, and then contacts Black Bolt again through Aron's Apple Watch. And these names are killing me, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's Medusa. And this is where, you know, I mean, she sh- got a shaved head now. And everyone, everyone, I mean, I got a text from Daniel right after he saw the scene. I knew exactly what he said, what, what he was talking about, because he sent a text that just said, well, that saves on budget. And I knew the scene he was talking about right away was when they cut it, cut her hair off. And yeah. well, doesn't this go back to the thing about, you know, what's the what's the character's greatest worst thing yes. that could ever possibly happen to them? Yep. Yeah, I mean, sure does. Karnak can't predict the future or see all the possibilities. Um, Medusa doesn't have her hair. Medusa doesn't have her hair. Black Gorgon. Bolt. Black Bolt is stuck where he can't communicate with anyone. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that one though. Black Bolt <laughs> can breathe and flip cars over, so no, I... he can he can get out. But it's a situation where should he get out? Well, yeah, I don't know if he should get out, but he can. He's the stuck... thing that is stopping him is not external; it is internal. Yes, but that is where he is trapped in a prison that he could get out of but he can't he he doesn't let himself he won't and so he's separated from medusa because of it mm-hmm. so uh and the gorgon who is so mad still because he should have been sent down and and he's just waiting he's waiting he can't act that's the worst place he could be he can't do mm-hmm. anything he has to wait for them to come to him. They'll also crystal locked up in her apartment, locked jaw, knocked out. That's the worst thing that could happen to her. Yeah. You know, Medusa's hair does save on budget. It does save that animation. Let's talk Maximus. Now Maximus has taken the role of King. He's actually sitting in the throne and 
he sends Aron to kill Black Bolt and bring back Medusa and the we get to see a cool transportation there's another way to transport down to earth not just uh lockjaw um he makes bronaja bronaja yes <laughs> bronaja just sounds like one of those things like hey brocephus broseph <laughs> my man hey bronaja what's up you know like i totally feel like that name anyway oh my gosh okay yeah this That's is fantastic <laughs> It's where Maximus finds out that the Genetic Council is planning his death. So he threatens to kill them. He threatens Crystal and reminds her of the shared history they have, which is his parents killed her parents, which means Black Bolt's parents actually killed Medusa's parents. And, you know, leads her to think about things. Then he visits Bronaja again down in the mines and he appeals to the miners. And he's saying, you know, you can see the future and I can build it. And then we move into a giant speech that he gives we are not who we were when we were born and change is happening and we can transform ourselves without the are you not entertained wait wrong (laughs) maximus speech our king has deserted us life is what you make of it when god closes a door he opens a window and if there's a screen the birds can't get in and we will create our own will and he gives the speech that's meant to rally all the people below but basically to say let me be your king. I'll be your king. Not because I'm going to just keep things going the way they were because I'm going to, we're, we're all in this together. Very populist uh, message that he's giving. And again, you know, I, I'm trying to look at, okay, are there real world analogs that they're doing on purpose here or no, or I mean, they're absolutely referencing things, you know, I, I definitely think they're referencing, you know, Trumpy kind of things and um, trying to, you know, again, this populist message of, you know, we, we need to rise up against the power and, and that kind of thing. But it's a um, heck of a drug. Yeah, it, Populism is a heck of a drug. I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, but it's definitely happening. And if they're not doing it on purpose, to me, that's one heck of a coincidence. Yeah. So... That's Maximus, and he's taking over. He's doing a good job taking over. So you want to talk about Louise? Not Lucille. Louise? Sure. Which one was Louise? Louise is the lady that I did not have in IMAX. Um, (gasps) She's a little nutty, but she's brilliant. She's Felicity Smoke. From? Arrow. Okay. So, so, okay, we internally, we've been, we've been calling her this because she's that stereotype of the blonde who's sort of, you know, nerdy and got the glasses and, and the, the hair tied yeah. and the hair tied back in the ponytail and stuff like that. And then when she dresses up really, really nice and she takes the glasses off and oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. But she didn't do that. And I would say they're never as bad looking as they want you to think they are when they're wearing the glasses. None of those girls are ever not gorgeous. Like, okay, the glasses come off. She's not changed that much, but no. the movie wants us to think she's super beautiful now. And it's, I mean, it's been done before and Felicity Smoke and, and the Louise or Lucille or whatever her name is um, it fits into that stereotype as okay. well. So she's working for the, some communications center. Yeah, it's not NASA. <laughs> 
but they're they're sending probes up to the moon and she's the one crashing all the probes or actually uh uh Gorgon is the one crashing all the probes but they are blaming it on her and she's also now found that there's these energy glitches on the moon energy that moved uh 1250 miles per hour and they're able to triangulate that the target is Hawaii and so there's four energy glitches on the moon and then four energy glitches in Hawaii and they all happen simultaneously. And her boss, how does he not believe her? Like she's got really good information and data here that the place where they lost all of their Rover probe sojourner things is the same place that was the source of these four energy glitches and when those four energy glitches happened, there was a simultaneous, almost simultaneous gl- energy glitch around Hawaii. Like, how is this guy not saying, you know what? There's a connection here. She sees the connection and it's not that hard to see, but she's the only one smart enough to see it. And they're going to relieve her of her duties because of it. And she says, no, I'll take some time off. And she arrives in Honolulu just when news coverage is beginning um, in the taxi that she's taking about Black Bolt. So, so here's, here's the thing about that is if she didn't, or if he, the boss didn't believe her, would she have gone to Hawaii? Maybe, but it would have been officially. (gasps) Right. So now she's rogue. She's, she's gone rogue, man. She is not there on any kind of official capacity. She is there because she is obsessed with finding out the truth truth of the matter. And that's not a bad thing for a character. Don't get me wrong. The only bad thing about this is, come on, man, you need to have a little faith in the people you supervise. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is not a good supervisor. Like I would totally have to in my one on one with this guy, I would totally coach him to say, hey, you should have had faith with her because she's smart and she made a connection that's super obvious and you did not even follow (laughs) up on it. I'm curious to know what Daniel would think. He would agree with me. He would agree with you. Okay. I'm, I'm sure he would. When it comes to that kind of thing, I learned. I mean, actually, believe it or not, Daniel has actually done some good coaching for me in my job as a supervisor. There's some times when I've said, I've got the situation. What would you do in the situation? And he's given me some really good coaching about stuff. And yeah, so yeah i I think he would agree with me and if he wouldn't then he's going to coach me about it and show me (laughs) how i'm wrong and so if he does not agree with me it's because i'm about to change my opinion because he's right so (laughs) well we'll we'll hear about it in like we will hear about it yeah well no it might be sooner because he's watching this in real time oh he watched he watched in humans man he did. He did. He watched Inhumans. He he called in about Inhumans and Defenders today. <gasps> That's right. You told yeah. you said that he called in, and I totally forgot that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're gonna listen to those calls in just a minute. But yeah. Anyway, I say this is not okay. Again, maybe this is the worst thing that of the MCU. But right. when I say worst thing of the MCU, it's like saying you know this is. This is Little Caesar's pizza. Okay? Okay. I'm still going to eat it, man. It may not be the greatest. It's not Domino's. Okay? 
But are you gonna wake up with a stomach ache after eating Little Caesars pizza? Because that's Caesars? what happens when I eat okay. Little Caesars. No, not pizza. not Little Caesars. I, I I will not. But um, Domino's. Ugh, I got trouble with that. Um, <laughs> okay, it's not Papa John's for sure, and it's not homemade. But it's Little Caesars. And right. It's it's edible and it's TV. It's not IMAX. I mean, on TV for free, uh, an hour on your weekend it's it's harmless in that way and engaging in some ways we've had some conversations that are you know things that they're hoping for us to think about i think uh, i don't think we're giving them too much credit when we say they're they're putting these ideas in here um mm-hmm. we'll see if they follow up on these ideas uh yeah but it's not terrible it's not that's no i mean and and i liked it there were some things that i wish all the stuff happening. I'm like, why is, why is shield not here? But then I remember where shield is and they're not there. Um, at least not, you know, our main characters. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if those two get connected later on. And Um, maybe, maybe shield will end up being there because I mean, this is all one day. Right. This isn't, this isn't a long period of time. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I do think the writing, you know, has been said we could have gone another pass. It should have been, you know, worked through a little bit better, but there was a little, a little too much show, a little too much tell, tell, not show. Visually it's, it's amazing. It looks amazing. And the stunt work that they've done, at least in this first episode, you can tell that they put some money towards it. Um, I would have liked to see them put a little bit more money towards the story, but you know, when IMAX is footing the bill, you want to use, you want to do something visually interesting. Um, and, and the, the scenes that like Karnak's fight scene and, and some of the other sp- slow motion special effects stuff is very interesting. You know, him blown over the car. That's interesting. It looks good. It looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. It, I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to know what's going to happen next. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm curious because I mean, your opinion is your opinion, right? And so the way mm-hmm. I feel when I watch this is the way I feel when I watch it. And the way you feel is the way you feel, the way, um, you know, Samantha and Daniel feel, or we're going to play with how they feel in just a moment. Um, so I'm curious, are there listeners out there, MCU fans? Because if you're listening to this podcast, you're more than likely an MCU fan or, right. or if not an MCU fan, you're a fan of superheroes in general, you know, and, are there MCU fans out there who do hate it? I would like to hear that. Okay. I would like to hear what you hate. Um, we're not going to argue with you about hating it because again, it's your opinion, you know, and we may not share that opinion and we may have reasons for not sharing it, but um, I'd like to hear that, but I'd like to hear it from genuine people, you know, and, and not just, right. uh, you know, reviewers and, and not just snarky YouTubers. Um, that's not to say that YouTubers can't be genuine, but I watched a couple videos of YouTubers who were, um, reviewing this and they were, it was more about the snark and, and less about, um, I actually don't like this. You know, it's, what it's, were they, what was the reasoning behind it? They, I just don't just like the it. quality the, they, they were talking about. The quality is so bad and the story is so bad. And there's these plot holes. Like, well, how does he not know what a watch is? Uh, or, or not what a phone is, you know, because the lady takes a picture of him and he looks at it like, oh, what is this? 
and I can explain that right now. He takes that and he sees that she's taken a picture of him. He sees a picture of himself on this phone. That's not good, you know, and that's why he's he's like, what do I do here? I mean, he's not looking at this phone thinking, I don't know what this thing is. What is this technology? Because well, they're able to talk about like cars and stuff and how do they know about cars and stuff. And we I think Evan and I talked a little bit about how, how do they know um, what things are. But the the bottom line is they're looking for plot holes. And I think that they're intentionally trying mm-hmm. to find plot holes. So because it's just good to to dogpile on finally something that's not great from Disney Marvel. Right. And the fact that we had um, Iron Fist and then this and, you know, they're probably going to start to look at Thor Ragnarok and go, well, you know, Marvel's t- finally going down in flames. Yeah, and, yeah. And well, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They said that about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and and the thing is, there's some truth to it, you know, when we talk about the quality and stuff. Um, but watching those YouTube videos, it really felt more like they were just trying to say the bad stuff. Well, yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and let's be honest, you know, snark, people like it. And it gets clicks and it gets yeah. likes and subscribes and, and all that sort of stuff. So but um, I would like to hear from, you know, genuine people, listeners, you know, who, who really do have opinions about the, the, the quality of this and it, how much do you love it? How much do you hate it? So, yeah. And we have episode three coming. But mm-hmm. before we close down this episode and start talking about Star Trek, let's hear from Daniel and Samantha. Are you ready? Mm hmm. All right. Hi, this is, well, actually, this is present Samantha, not past Samantha. Uh, I saw Inhumans, and you know what? I kind of prefer it a little bit over Iron Fist, simply because it did not drag in the pacing. Um, I do think the story is a little meh. Um, I thought there were some questionable choices with the costuming, uh, specifically with Medusa being a redhead and wearing all that lavender. And me being a redhead, I do not wear that much lavender. I don't even really wear that much pink because it really clashes with my color. And uh, I just, you know, stick with the blues and the greens and the browns, you know, the nature colors. Yeah. So one costume I loved was having Black Bolt in that suit. And I love that scene where he's in the police station and he's not speaking, but it's very clear that he wants to cooperate and just get out, get out of that station as fast as possible. He's, he's really smart and I can see why he is king. Um, so I thought that was really cool. I think that was actually the best scene out of the first two episodes was that scene in the police station. I am willing to keep watching the show, of course. Um, for all of our beloved listeners out there and all of our agents, of course. So, yeah, we'll keep going forward and seeing how it goes from here. Bye. So that's the the lavender you were talking about. The, yeah. The costuming and coloring and stuff like that. So, A thing that I would never have noticed or comprehended. So good on you, Samantha. Well, I only noticed because of the colors in the comics. You know, and, and mm-hmm. it was... They, they kept the colors from the comics. So. so, so how, I mean, aside from the cast system, how faithful was this to the comics? I, I felt like it was a good job of the MCU being comic book like, um, there's mm-hmm. differences, you know, Karnak is different 
in in look and I think in how his power works, but I'm not real familiar with his his power. But let's listen to Daniel and see what he has to say. All right. Agent Daniel here in the wilds, the wilds of lacrosse. But rest assured, even though I've been gone, I have not forgotten about the Inhumans. And so I, I watched it today. I took it in this weekend in two parts. Uh, much better than paying for IMAX, I will have to say. And I have some thoughts and comments. First of all, it's all connected, maybe? So here's an issue I have. We have an inhuman being chased through a, a forest at the beginning. Um, why, why are watchdogs not chasing this inhuman? Why is not a version of the watchdogs running this person down and making it really, really obvious? Did we not just spend an entire pod of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. be, you know, chasing down and killing inhumans? Why are inhumans not being chased by watchdogs here to make a better link? Uh, also, um, you know, Mom, back in the day, back in heaven, talked about the royal family all the time, like they were connected and part of this universe and part of this world, but yet, yet it seems that the royal family sitting on the moon hasn't had any connections with the, the Inhumans on Earth, that they've left them alone. So was Mom lying? Was You know, that'd be a good way to explain it. Was Mom teasing? Was, was it an image of a royal family? Is there a second royal family? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's that gap there. And, uh, hey, it's all connected. Why hasn't S.H.I.E.L.D. been called in about a 084? Just saying. Strange guy talking. Just saying. You know, you'd think uh, our fake Felicity Smoke would have figured that out. But no no one calls S.H.I.E.L.D. No one at all. So there's that. Uh, so where else? Uh, hey, Maximus is right. Maximus is right. You know, do me a favor, Marvel. Show me that we're heroes. Don't tell me that they're heroes. I, I talked to my youngest and said, hey, is who's the good guy here? Who's the bad guy? And I was told it was Black Bolt because he's the main character, Andy Smart. But here's the thing. Black Bolt's sitting on top of an entire stratified society in which people who are not inhuman, and, and in many cases it's definitely appearing, inhumans with less quote-unquote useful abilities are put into a whole new social strata. They're, they're basically slaves literally digging in mines. Now, Maximus is Maximus Mad, and he's not a nice guy either. But there's a whole slavery thing going on here. Black Bolt, Medusa, come on. Be, this is not a royalty for the people. This is bad, bad stuff. And I'm not very sympathetic to the royal family because, again... I have yet to be seen that they're good. And speaking of the royal family, isn't one of the inhuman strengths in storytelling the the connections and the interplay and the group of the the inhuman royal family? But no, no, what we've done is we've just gone ahead and separated them all into their own little storylines so they stand alone. We got Gorgon over here, we got Karnak over here, we got Black Bolt, we got Medusa, everybody's in different directions. Go ahead and film them with different units. Speed this thing to production. Yeah, let's just go ahead and take everybody and just break them up. Let's do that. And speaking of royal family, you know, I really do like Gorgon. I, I like his attitude. I like his power set. Uh, I like how he's presented. But you know who I hate? Karnak. Hey, Sam, did you did you drop it already? That it, it's, 
it's like a beautiful mind here. Why does Karnak even have to have a display of uh, a power? Karnak doesn't have powers. Karnak's self-taught. But yet, all of a sudden, we're doing this whole beautiful mind thing. We're doing this this thing. Uh, I've seen it in other shows, too. Oh, I, I've seen it in DC's Comic Midnighter, where you're, like, playing all the different possibilities. By the way, that's also not his power, to play all the different possibilities. It's about finding weak points. And it's self-taught. And he's not actually an inhuman. You know, Maximus, who gets scolded for being human instead of inhuman, who gets treated as second class, you know, neither's Karnak in the comics. He never took the Terrigen. And I will say, his depiction is odd. It, it Sometimes it seems childish, and sometimes it seems scary. Karnak should always seem scary. And Karnak is not interested in the females. He's not interested in the ladies. You know what Karnak's interested in? He's interested in the fact that the universe is dissolving around him and everything's dying. And so he's not interested in romance. Come on. And he doesn't fall down a hill and then can't use his GPS. Jeez, come on. Um, Let's see. Hey, I would like to congratulate them on saving on budget by cutting off Medusa's hair. Good job, writers. Good job seeing that you needed to do that. So, what do I think of Inhumans in the end? Well, I got a lot of thoughts. I shared it with our, our host team earlier as I watched the show. But it, but honestly, it's a mess. It's kind of a hot mess. Uh, it feels like superhero from a decade, maybe 15 years ago at times, where, again, the youngest member of my family loves this show. It thinks it's great. Lockjaw is awesome when it's able to get into, you know, like a superhero fight here and there. But honestly, this is this is maybe our lowest rung right at the moment in the MCU. So <clears throat> thank you, Daniel, for that. You've been you know how we, we, we sometimes have trailers and they're not really like they don't really show us a whole lot of story, but they're like, remember when you like the thing and we're gonna show you more of the thing. Mm-hmm. And then you like this other thing, we're gonna show you the thing. I like having Daniel back on the show. <laughs> you know it, it's it's like when uh you know the actor leaves the show mm-hmm. and but comes back for the special episode right this was yes wait no Yay. no it, it's more like when Bo duke left the dukes <laughs> and so luke duke did the whole adventure by himself and then Bo duke would call from the racetrack where he's racing on the race circuit. And I think they also did it with one of the girls from uh, Three's Company. At the end of every episode, she'd call. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. But regardless. That's uh, Daniel. And there's our answer about Karnak, about how his powers work, which is not really powers, I guess. And, yeah. And he's talked I about mean, some other stuff that we talked about, but. Uh, it's a really weird thing to have the inhumans in the MCU uh, and the inhumans in the way there are now, like this show is really weird. Um, and I feel like it's almost a direct response to the upcoming gifted or the fact that the MCU doesn't have, um, the X-Men. That's what it feels like to me. That's what it's always felt like to me. Yeah. The, the difference is this is, I mean, it's, 
comic accurate mostly and it's its own thing i mean it, it's it yes it's it's following that through line of agents of shield x-men light right going on you know low rent television x-men um but yeah i mean i wish i could have had a real time conversation with daniel about this because he also brought up you know a show from 15 years ago and and uh Mm-hmm. And also brought up, you know, this these ideas of you know, the badness of the ru- ruling family. But um, I, I don't think this is a response to X Men. I, I I I don't. Uh, other than it's it's a superpowered teams and it's a family, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's it, man. I, I think we're we're done talking about Inhumans, and we're going to talk a little bit about Star Trek in a moment. That'll, by the way, the the Star Trek uh, conversation will be mostly spoiler free. Um, next time we might have some spoilers about Star Trek at that post credit, but uh, we'll see. But for now, I do want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, Stuart, do you want to thank anyone for listening, or you know, tell yes. them to do anything, or? Yes, I would like to thank you for listening, and you should call in with your comments. And I want to say that you can call in with your comments if you want, and there's information about how to do that in the in the credits. You can go to the website, www.welcomelevel7.com, blah, blah, blah. But look... None of that matters in the long run. Eventually, the universe will grow darker until black holes dominate the cosmos and everyone, everything you've ever known, will be sucked into the vast nothingness. No one will be left to observe this. No one left to care. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7, or by following us on Twitter, where we are level7pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. Well, Eeyore, you did a great job with that one. <laughs> There's no way I was going to not use Oh, of course. That one. Of course. It I, fits perfectly. When we did IMAX, I couldn't write down anything, but fortunately Evan had the, the perfect one to do, which was 
quoting Black Bolt. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk Star Trek, man. Star Trek Discovery. Right. It was on CBS. I got to watch Star Trek in prime time on network television with my wife. She actually watched it with me. That was awesome. And she wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to it, but she was there in the room with me while I was watching Star Trek on network television in prime time. Yeah. And I watched, I watched all the ads, you know, I sat through the ads except for when I got up to go use the restroom or get some popcorn. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I stopped watching. Mm-hmm. Because you had to pay your, your whatever to get yeah. your, um, yeah. to get your, to get the, to get it. So I'm being strategic about how I watch Star Trek discovery I I do not like the way they did this, but Mm-mm. they have made it in such a way. I don't mind paying for content. That's not my problem. My problem is paying for monthly content that I don't want or need. And so I don't want to subscribe to CBS All Access and keep a subscription running while I'm only going to use it to watch one episode of television a week with them. And so my strategy is I'm going to wait until there's some more episodes. I'm going to sign up for the free week and then... I'm going to line it up so that I'll pay for a month and my month will coincide with the final week of, Mm -hmm. of this pod of Star Trek discovery. And then I'm going to cancel. And when Star Trek discovery comes back, I will do something similar. I won't be able to sign up for a free week again, but I'll be able to do something similar, pay for another month. And you know what? Honestly, $11 for how many episodes are they doing? Uh, I think it's I think it's ten like episodes, ten or thirteen, so, no, ten or thirteen. It's yeah, a, something it's like a short that. season, and it's it's five ninety nine for the month with commercials. So, so twelve and, twelve dollars. If I do two, yeah. if I line it up, so I'm doing two months. That's twelve bucks for ten episodes, and I I spent fifteen dollars to go see a ninety minute in, in humans. But I also, you know, I I spent money to go and see Star Trek on the big screen, you know, mm-hmm. and I have purchased DVD sets and stuff like that. I don't mind paying for the content. I just, because of the way they're doing things, I have to be strategic. So I'm not just going to have like uh, this period of like two or three months in between pods Mm -hmm. where I'm paying for this service and I Mm -hmm. I don't need to. And I'm, I desperately want to watch episode two and episode three. I've heard episode two and three are so, so good. I, mm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not talking about into, that, but I don't want to get into too much of spoilers, but I will say that I have, uh, I've watched all three episodes. Um, episode one and two, I felt should have been a two hour movie, very similar to the way they did in humans. And I felt that should have been on network television, both hours. Yeah, both hours. And it, it should have been a two hour movie on network television, not two episodes. Right. Um, and then they would have then you would have wanted because at the end of episode two, you want to know what's going on. So you would have wanted to go into CBS all access. You may not have because you've been like, well, money and blah, 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 blah. But you would have been the majority of people would have been pushed into it. Um, and and then I also- do want to don't get me wrong. I want to watch this. This is good television. Mm hmm. The, the, the one episode I saw was good television. It wasn't perfect, but no. it was good. Did you think it was good Star Trek? I thought it was decent Star Trek. This is where this is. Uh, this is the thing that I'm grappling with while I watch this. Um, I don't know that it's good Star Trek. I know that it's good television um, and it's engaging television, but I don't know that it's 
It's not Gene Roddenberry Star Trek. Okay, but it hasn't been Gene Roddenberry Star Trek in a while. Very true. Okay, and so but that's... I would say I would say um, Voyager. I mean, even Voyager was you know exploring uh, and and finding new civilizations and stuff like that. Okay, Voyager started out trying to not be Roddenberry Star Trek, but turned into that's it. That's true. Um, that's true. Deep Space Nine, though. I mean, I would look at Deep Space Nine and say we've got this. Star Trek has always pushed the boundaries of television, right? So mm-hmm. original Star Trek pushed boundaries. Next Generation pushed boundaries by being the syndicated thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deep Space Nine pushed boundaries by being – didn't start this way, but by turning into kind of a serialized television show. Um, Voyager was trying to be Next Generation again, and but also trying to be original series by cutting them off from uh, the Federation. And – you know, just being out there on the outskirts of, of unexplored space. Enterprise was trying to, to reinvent itself again. And so I, you know, you say, is it Star Trek? The things I look for in Star Trek is, um, is it exploring what it means to be human? And that is, is it, true. is it exploring <laughs> what it means to be human by exploring space? And it doesn't have to be necessarily exploring, you know, the, the frontier D space nine, did it, you know, by having Deep Space Nine didn't go out to explore space. Space came to Deep Space Nine. Right. You know, and so and, and so that's the kind of thing that I, I'm wondering. And so some of the movies don't even exactly do that, but they they still get it. And so Discovery, the first episode I saw, I felt like we were getting a little bit of interaction with aliens uh, in the, the opening. And then you have them discovering something new that they have to figure out what's the puzzle Mm -hmm. and then things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I definitely think that uh, the, the, it was very plotty where, you know, if you look back at like encounter at Farpoint, they had all the, they had the ability to set up all the characters and you have, a couple of key moments that define each character and sort of, you know, are flagpoles for each one of them, you know, like Captain Picard being upset with Wesley. Um, Data whistling and Riker being amused by Data trying to act like a human. Right. And, and Riker being Riker. And so that didn't happen. I felt in these things, Um, it was very plot driven, where I felt we got a lot of character development was actually in the novel, which um, came out on Tuesday and I listened to it the whole way through um, just ending tonight. You get a lot more uh, character development in the book than I think you do in this, in the series, in the, um, in the pilot episode of the, of the show. Cause the pilot episode is very plot driven. Well, I'm, I'm interested to read that or, or listen to it. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm old school. I define reading as actually using your eyeballs. So, well, I, mean, I, 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 I listen to a book or I read a book, but you still get the book. It's just, it's semantics for me, but you, you do you, you, <laughs> I, I'm going to do me, although I'm actually going to do the way you do because you've gifted the audiobook to me. Well, and there you so go. now I don't have to buy the print version. So I'll oh. listen to the audiobook anyway. Yep. Uh, Point yeah. being, if you like Star Trek, you might like this. 
But if you like Star Trek, you also might not like this at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I that's, don't know how else to say that's it. That's true. That's exactly true. Uh, I, I guess the other way to, to put it is um, if you are looking for the next generation, go watch Orville. Yes. <laughs> if, that's if so you are, funny. If you are looking for Star Trek to um, be different than you are expecting it to, but still give you some of those same, you know, human condition type stories and, you know, and, and, and Star Trekiness things, then give this a shot. But if all you want is the, or if all you want is the next generation, then watch yourself some more horrible. Yeah. And when or, I say to that, to be fair, watch yourself the next generation. Yeah. <laughs> When I say that's so funny, I don't mean Orville is so funny. It's funny, but I wouldn't say it's so funny. No, it's not. It's not an over the top comedy. But what I find really interesting um, is that we have the Orville on, and it premiered two weeks before Star Trek. You know, that's what's so funny. (laughs) Right. We have the Orville on, and then we have Star Trek. The Orville is more next generation Star Trek than Discovery for sure. Right. I do not know. I'm sure it's on purpose. I cannot believe that the executives at Fox went like, what? There's a new show on CBS called Star Trek. I've never heard of this. I can't believe that's the case. Um, (laughs) I do believe that this is a direct response to um, the sort of grittiness that discovery is proposing. Um, This is Orville's light and fluffy. Yeah. Discovery is not what I, what I think is interesting, though, is the knockoff ripoff show is weekly on network television. And the real thing. Is web only. Well, yeah. I, uh, so Star Trek has always had the history of pushing the boundary or, or premiering and sort of forefronting new technology. I mean, even the original series, the reason it's so colorful and so bright, almost to a point where it looks hokey, let's be honest, is because it was trying to sell color TVs. I mean, there's ads with Leonard Nimoy saying, you know, you can watch Star Trek on this RCA color TV and it looks great. Um, Next Generation was built to sort of sell um, syndication. Voyager was premiering to build up the UPN network. Same with enterprise enterprise was even shot in 16 by nine to sort of forefront that. Um, And that's all well and good. The mm -hmm. one thing is you're talking technology and this is not technology so much as it is uh, delivery and profit. And how can CBS profit more on streaming than by putting their stuff out to someone else like, like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. I think that they did make a misstep with, um, the, the CBS all access, the way that program works, it's really clunky. Um, in the, in the age of where we have a, I mean, it's not great, but if you watch Fox's, you know, streaming service, which I cannot believe I'm 
comparing stuff to Fox. Um, if you watch Fox's streaming service, it's really smooth streamlined. Um, it doesn't have, uh, it's just, it's streamlined. It's just better. You know, it's just, it's just easier to use. Um, you know, on premiere night, we watched the first episode, but that was preempted by a football game. How, why should my CBS all access that I'm paying five ninety nine a month for get preempted by a football game that's on the air. It shouldn't. It should show up on eight, you know, seven thirty or eight. Wait, it didn't show up at at eight thirty. No, it got preempted by the football. The game. streaming did. Yes. No. Yes. You're kidding. No. Oh my no. goodness, because it was. I mean, at eight thirty, I turned on the TV and it was sixty minutes. Right. Right, because the the football game went long. But the streaming didn't start at 8.30? No. The You're... streaming started at 8.41 okay. or whatever it was. That's and ridiculous. Then, and That's then just I goofy. Had to hit, right. And then I had to hit refresh a whole bunch and, and search around for it to find it. It wasn't like, here it is, here it is, watch it right here, right here, right there. It wasn't like that. Well, I, I think it's a misstep because we have – I mean, people are clamoring for, I don't want to pay for all these cable channels. I want to mm-hmm. pay for just the slice of cable channels that I watch. But the pricing is ridiculous. In my opinion, the pricing well, yeah. is, and, and if you want to watch all the CBS stuff, that's great. You're, you're, you're great. You'll be able to watch all the CBS stuff. I'm not interested. All the CBS stuff that's on CBS, all access, I have access to in other places. Except for Discovery. Right. So so any Star Trek is on, you know, Amazon Prime and Netflix. And I think Hulu, too, has some. Probably. I don't have Hulu, which I'll probably have to remedy that fairly shortly. (laughs) Runaways. Yeah. Um, But so I was digging through that to sort of, you know, justify it to myself. Mission Impossible is on there. You know, the old one with Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, shot across the street from from Star Trek. So that's on there. That'll be interesting to see. Yep. Star Trek is on Hulu as well. Okay. Well, then there you go. So I guess, I mean, I don't know. If, it, I guess this we is, move to a different country and yeah, watch it there. Right. I mean, Discovery is, you're right, it's in the same way that Voyager was intended to launch a network. And mm-hmm. honestly, Star Trek Phase Two, which became Star Trek: The Motion Picture, mm-hmm. that was going to launch a network, and then they scrapped the network. They, but the Warner Brothers Network, right? Well, no. no, I think it was still a Paramount Network. But okay, um, yeah. But they were going to launch a network with Star Trek Phase Two, which would have been Captain Kirk and uh, So Sonak or whatever his name was, the, right? The the Vulcan that was killed at the beginning of the motion picture, uh, right. and the transporter. But anyway. The whole thing here is meant to sell me on CBS All Access, and they sold me on Star Trek Discovery, but they did not sell me on CBS All Access. Well, and they were—they're gonna, if nothing else, they're going to bleed subscribers once Discovery is done, because oh, you, yeah. you have all these people oh, who are yeah. just joining for Discovery, and you have other people who are being strategic about it, like me, and other people who are complaining about it, like me. Um, but, but who aren't going to do it. And yeah. I, and I've heard rumors and, and I know we don't talk a whole lot about MCU rumors on this show, but there's a 
pretty substantial rumor that there might be like other stuff in the pipeline for you know, CBS and Star Trek and, and being on CBS All Access, that would be the only way they could keep me as a subscriber. So, for example, you know, th- the show runs three months, it, it ends, and then there's another show after that that is Star Trek tie-in. Great. Let's do it. Let's keep rolling. But short of that, I'm probably going to, you know, be one of those that cancels the subscription. Yeah. Because so- there's no point to it. But the show itself, the first episode, I thought was a very good pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, it introduced the main character, at least, and a couple other characters who I don't know how important they're going to be later on. Because the one thing I will say, no, that's a spoiler. I'm not going to say that. But I, I don't know who's going to be around, you know, for later episodes other than the one main character, because I know she's the main character, but there's people that I've seen who are actors on the show who I haven't seen in the show yet. That's I'll put it that way. Um, so I recommend it, but the other thing I'm not sure about, and maybe I should check this. I'm going to check this while you give your final word, but um, I thought that it was going to be that that one pilot episode was going to be free. And I'm hearing people say that they can't watch it. Hmm. I haven't heard anything about that. So I'm going to check. What's your final word on this? My final word on this is I am a, I am Star Trek. I love Star Trek. So I, I'm the wrong sort of person to sort of say that it's, it's bad. I will watch it regardless. Um, I do enjoy it. I think it's getting better. Um, I will also be the one to tell you that it's not great. You know, there's some episodes of The Next Generation, Code of Honor, which are not great. And they're, and I will be the first one to tell you that. Um, so I, I do think this is a good show. I, I like the first episode. Um, I do wish that the first and second episode were a two hour movie rather than the first and second episode. Um, uh, and if you see the second episode, you, you understand what I'm saying. Um, I, but yeah, the MCU taught me well because I powered through that book in a week and ready for the next episode. So, <laughs> and uh, no, it episode one is behind the paywall. That's dumb. Now you you can sign up for a free week if you want to watch. You know, now you sign up for the free week, you get three episodes. Right. But yeah, that I I was I totally thought they were going to play it up as you know here's your the first one's free, you know. And they're, huh. Interesting. you know, to be, to be fair, they are probably okay with the dyed in the wool Star Trek fans paying for it. And if you want to watch it, you might have to, you know, you hmm. might have to pay a little bit, but it'll probably come to Netflix sooner or later and it'll come to Hulu sooner or later. And then those people, then, you know, the not we will watch it just fine. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it then. I'm going to say goodbye. I'm going to say Godspeed. Thank you for listening. Stuart, last word for you. Thank you for listening, guys. Live long and prosper. <laughs>